Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mondo Show. Stay tuned because today we are going to learn about prayer. It is so important. Listen, if there was one thing in my life that changed me was the power of prayer. You know, if you know my story, you'll know that there's three things that changed my life. Three things that my sister walked into my world and challenged me to take a look at where I was at that moment. And she said three of the most powerful statements that I believe is the reason why I'm sitting here today talking to you. One, what if God is real? Number two, what if prayer works? And number three, what if you have a different destiny? But the power of prayer, I believe, is the thing that changed my life is a way of communication. It's a way to talk to God. It's a way, some people even said it the other day to me, it's like therapy to you, right? Because when you get into prayer and you understand the power of prayer, it can change your family's life. It can change your life. It can change your community and it can change a nation. There's something about prayer that has always intrigued me because the Bible specifically talks about prayer. And sometimes we get lost because we don't know how to pray. I know growing up in the gangs and coming out of the gangs, one of the challenging things was I didn't understand how to pray. I didn't understand how do I talk to God. I have a few things I want to tell God. I just don't know how to. And it was the journey that I started walking into as I developed my prayer life. I began to understand the power behind it. And on today's program, I want you to stay tuned because there's things in your life that will be unlocked the moment you understand how you should pray. What is it about prayer that is so important that God's words talks about it so deeply? And why was it one of the main reasons that Jesus always said, teach us how to pray or I'm going to go pray? You find Jesus always praying, not necessarily preaching and teaching, but praying. There's something about prayer that changes a man and a woman's life for the trajectory of their future, of their destiny. And on today's program, my special guest is going to help you and I unlock keys on how we need to pray. My special guest has written five books. He has released five prayer CDs. I want to know more about that. I was intrigued when I heard a little bit about the prayer CDs. Listen, I want to give this man a proper introduction because I believe that a man that prays is a man that is in tune with what God is saying at this very moment in life. He spent over 18 years in Kansas City, Missouri with the International House of Prayer. And if you have a chance, I urge you to go visit House of Prayer. It will change your life just walking into that atmosphere. Right now, my special guest is currently on the pastoral team of the Upper Room Church in Dallas, Texas. He's written a brand new book called Teach Us to Pray, Prayer That Access Heaven and Changes Earth. I want you to help me welcome the one and only Corey Russell to the program. Sir, how you doing? I'm doing amazing, Mondo. Thank you so much for having me. Listen, I, I, I needed to have you. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> Because I've been hungry about prayer. And in life, we go through so many different obstacles. And sometimes we don't understand 
some of the things that we go through. But when someone says, I'm praying for you, what does that mean? Well, I think it's become kind of a, I, I think there are sincere people that have a sincerity when they say that. But I think sometimes it's just kind of a religious catchphrase that we just say for everyone. But for us to say, we're praying for you, and if you mean it, it means that I'm bringing you, I'm bringing your situation before the throne of God. And based out of my relationship with God, I'm petitioning God to intervene on your behalf based on my relationship with God. And so when I'm praying for someone, I mention their names, I mention their circumstance, and I ask that God would intervene with his power, with his wisdom, with his resource, and with his breakthrough in their life. I have several friends in my life right now that I'm mentioning daily before the throne because they need breakthrough from God, as we all do from time to time. And so that's what that means. You know, you're so powerful. Over the weekend, I was thinking of a couple of people in my life, and I met up with them, and it kind of broke my heart, the situation that they were in. And instead of feeling sorry for them or anything like that, I made a mental note and said, God, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray them through their situation. I'm going to pray them through their circumstance. I'm going to pray them through so they can understand what they were meant to do in this world. And, you know, there's, there are events that changes our lives, Corey. And in 1997, I read a little bit about you that you had a radical salvation experience in a college parking lot. Can you tell me about that? Yes, man. I, uh, it was February 18th, 1997. I is in Northwest Arkansas. I was born and raised in a small town in Northwest Arkansas and had gone deep into everything this world has, the drugs, the perversion, the spirit of this age, and it ran deep into that world. But I had a praying mom, and my best friend had a praying mom, and we were doing those drugs that keep you up three or four days a week at a time and really way out there, but they were storming the gates of heaven, storming the gates of hell, and my friend went through a season where he lost his mind, and he just stopped talking for a season. Well, it culminated on February 1st, 1997, and I showed up at his house another day to hang out with him, and he comes storming out the front door, screaming at me at the top of his lungs, Corey, it's heaven or hell. It's heaven or hell. You have to make a decision and give your life to Jesus. What I didn't know is that the previous three days, his mother, a praying mother, prayed him through a three-day deliverance, breaking the power of the devil off of him, delivering him from the works of the devil, and bringing him back to the Lord. And he got saved, and I got angry. I had put up with a weirdo for all these months, and you don't get saved at 20 years old. You're too close to 21, and all the the good times that you think you're going to have. Well, he gets saved. I get angry. Two weeks later, he shows up to college and he takes me to lunch. And he begins to share with me that for those four months, the spirit realm was opened up to him. He was seeing angels and demons. He was seeing what was controlling people. And he could see that we were all being controlled by real spirits we weren't aware of. And he says it culminated where we were all shut up in a little house. And he said, Corey, he goes, we were shut up. And the voice of the Lord broke in the middle of the party that we were at. And the Lord said, Satan is raising up an army, but I'm raising up an army too. And I'm calling you out tonight. And I want you to go call your friends out. So he's looking at me over lunch and he said, Corey, you need to give your life to Jesus or you're going to spend separation from God forever. I had just gotten my second DWI. My heart was hard. 
And I said, dude, just shut up and take me back to school. He drove back to the college, pulled into the parking lot. And right before I got out of the van, the Holy Spirit filled the van. I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. I just knew a supernatural presence was entering into the van. And before I knew it, I was shaking violently like I was having a seizure. I saw a tug-of-war battle over my life as I knew that there was a real battle over every soul. My friend pulled in the back of the parking lot, and he started praying. And after a little bit, he goes, in the name of Jesus, I bind the Antichrist spirit. And as soon as he bound that spirit, it manifested into a chokehold around my throat, and I couldn't breathe. And I knew I had to get out the name Jesus, but all I could get out was Jesus. And so I kept trying to say the name Jesus, and finally, I took a deep breath, and with all the power inside of me, I just screamed, Jesus. And right when I screamed his name, the hole broke off of my throat, and it was like God came and breathed into my mouth. And all I could say for five minutes is, I've got air. I've got air. I've got air. And after about five minutes, Mondo, this was crazy. It says, the voice of the Lord filled my mind. The vo- I heard the voice of God for the first time, and the voice of God said, Corey, get out of the van, get on the pavement, and give me your life, your mind. It was February 18th, 1997. I'll never forget it. A Tuesday at noon in a college parking lot, kids running everywhere. I jump out of the van, I get on the pavement, and I begin to scream at the top of my lungs, Jesus Christ, I give you my life, I'm yours. And in that moment, I passed from death to life. In that moment, I was forgiven of all my sins. In that moment, years of addiction to drugs and sexual perversion and alcohol and everything this world has immediately broken off my life and waves of the presence of God just began to wash over me. And I came to a living encounter with Jesus Christ at that day. And I went home that afternoon and I sat on my porch swing undone for the next two hours by how blue the sky was, how green the grass was, and how loud the birds were. I was born again. And it's been a wild ride over the last 24 years of walking close with God because God connected me with the power of prayer from my very early days. Because we saw a move of God hit our hometown. We saw half the high school come to Jesus, five meetings a week till three in the morning. And I got absolutely addicted to the presence of God and the power of prayer. And my life hasn't been the same since 1997. And that's what brings us together even today. Wow. Wow. Listen, if you're watching right now, you're tuned in and you're listening, you're watching to uh, the Mondo Show. And my special guest today is Corey Russell. He's written a brand new book called Teach Us to Pray, Prayer That Accesses Heaven and Changes Earth. More than, I think, more than any other time right now, Corey, we need to learn how to pray. How did you learn how to pray? Because there's people watching that are struggling with addictions, people that are getting ready to walk away from their marriage, people that are not satisfied with where they are in life right now. Maybe they're trying to explore, trying to figure out what is it that God has for me? What is my destiny? What is my purpose? And if I don't find it, I, I you know, they're going to commit, you know, spiritual suicide. They're going to commit even physical suicide. People are losing hope. But I believe, just like you, that the power of prayer can change lives. Is the reason why you're here. It's the reason why I'm sitting here. How did you learn how to pray? Can you teach us about that? Yeah, I mean, 
for me in my early days, it was getting around praying people. There was these older women intercessors who taught me how to pray because whenever they would open their mouth, I would feel God. And so I, I think that's one of the biggest thing is get around praying people. Get around people that aren't into just show, aren't into plastic Christianity, but that when they open their mouth, they have history with God. That's who taught me to pray were two 50-year-olds and one 80-year-old woman, and I spent my first two years with them. I think one of the biggest keys, Mondo, of learning about prayer is that prayer does not begin with your list. It doesn't begin with your need, but it begins with connecting to who you're talking to and where he lives. The title of my book is Prayer That Accesses Heaven and Changes the Earth. And many of us are trying to change the earth or change our circumstance or change our situation without learning, without learning how to access heaven. When Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, the first line is, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus is wanting to teach you how to learn how to ascend to the throne of God. Friend, if you are a believer, I want you to know the blood of Jesus has paved a way into the holiest of all and that you and I have divine access to the throne of God and that God is now called your father. You are beloved children. You are his child. And the first call is to learn how to lift your eyes to heaven and connect to your father on the throne. Revelation 4 talks about the throne room of God and that our Father sits there shining and burning with an emerald rainbow surrounding Him, lightnings, thunderings, and voices, sea of glass, 24 elders, four living creatures. And I want you to know you have audience with the creator of the universe. You have audience with the ruler over the whole cosmos, and He is our Father. He is your Father. He's not just some divine being. He's not some person at a distance. You get to call him Abba, Father, and that he's intimate. He's intimately acquainted with all of your ways. He's intimately acquainted with who you are, and that before you get to asking him for something, you must learn how to ascend. Now, what does that mean to learn how to ascend? Number one, to understand that there is a real throne room of God up there. Number two, you have access to the throne room. Number three, God is your father. And he is filled with divine resource. I remember I was in Switzerland years ago, and I was going to be teaching on prayer. And the Lord told me the first morning, he goes, the first lesson in prayer is this. Who do you think you're talking to? That's number one. And the second question is, who do you think you are? Who do you think you're talking to? And who do you think you are? And prayer is born out of answering those two questions. You are talking to the Creator of the universe. You are talking to the inexhaustible treasure house of all glory and wisdom and power and love and might. And you are his beloved son. You are his beloved daughter. And he has set his affections upon you. And when those two truths touch you, prayer is the automatic response. Most of us try to ask for God to fix something without connecting to him. And you treat him like he's just a, a butler to come and fix our needs. He is kind and he's good and he does meet our needs. But friend, he wants intimacy with you. He wants eye contact with you. He wants to look you in the eyes and declare his affections over you to break off shame, 
to break off busyness, to break off lies, so that you can ascend into his heart, be filled with faith in who he is, and pray for the release of heaven into your situation. Those are a couple of the keys that I've learned over the last 25 years of walking with him. And this is what we walk with in this book because the disciples spent three and a half years with Jesus and they never asked him, teach us to preach, teach us to prophesy, teach us to heal, teach us to do miracles. They go, Jesus, we want your prayer life. And Jesus takes us to the throne. And that is the foundation of everything that happens in the Christian life is learning how to pray. And I believe it's critical for us in this hour. Wow. Listen, the Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. The moment you release the words, the moment you release that prayer, life will come into existence. I don't know about you, Corey, but I know in my life, and and I, I know you can say the same thing because you share your story, that the moment you utter the name of Jesus, there was power behind that name. There was power that was unlocked in that very moment to break every addiction, every everything that was not right in your life. It all it seemed like life came into uh, abundance for you and for me. Listen, I don't know where you're watching from. There's people watching from L.A., people watching in Pittsburgh, people watching in New York City, Miami, all around the United States through this program. And I want you to know this program is for you right now because you're finding yourself in a place that you have been for the last 10, 15 years, and it hasn't changed. You keep questioning prayer. You keep questioning God. What if God is the answer? What if prayer is the answer to unlocking the very dark room that you find yourself in? What if is the journey that you're in right now has to do all about connecting with heaven? You've tried everything else. You give everybody a chance. You've given everyone an opportunity and they haven't showed up for you. What if we tell what if we share with you? What if what if our stories can relate to you right now, wherever you are, and reignite that love, that passion that your grandmother had praying for you? Maybe your mother was praying for you. Maybe your father was praying for you. Maybe it was two old ladies praying for you. The prayers of my grandmother, the prayers of my mother, the prayers of my sister is the reason why I'm sitting here today coming into your home every week with this program, not by accident, but by destiny, because someone decided to believe in me and had me on their prayer list and prayed for me. There's power in prayer. Listen, I want you to get this book, Teach Us to Pray, because you may be a frustrated Christian. You may be a Christian that has hit a, a wall and doesn't even know how to even go on anymore. Maybe you don't, you're not experiencing the fullness of God's word. When Jesus said, pray, I, I got to ask you this, Corey, because For me, Jesus is is such an intriguing human being at that time and for our lives right now. But he keyed in in the essential of prayer. What was it about prayer that he needed to be connected with? It's dependence on the Father. It's dependence on the Father, trust in the Father. I mean, think about it. It says in Philippians 2 that though he was equal with God, 
He did not consider it something to be held on to, but he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant. And he came in the likeness of man. And Jesus lived a life of dependence on Abba. It says that he never said anything, but only the things that he saw the Father do. And he only said the things that he heard the Father say. That Jesus, in the same way, he would go wake up many hours before sunrise and he would seek the Father about the next day's events. I believe he was completely casting himself upon the Lord, saying, Father, lead me, guide me, direct me, show me. I need you. And I believe, Mondo, that we're a prayerless people because we're a self-sufficient people. We're a, a prideful people. We're a people that boast in our own wisdom, our own strength, and our own abilities, and we don't depend on the Lord. And Jesus himself, though fully God, came in the likeness of a man and lived a life of dependence on Abba. And I believe he's our model. And that's why the disciples asked him, teach us to pray. It's because they watched him pray. And I'll tell you this, this is what made me write the book. It was about two years ago and the Lord said, Corey, is this what people are asking from you when they watch your life? As a leader, are you producing this in the same thing of what Jesus produced, or is people asking you, I want to preach like you, teach me to preach like you, teach me to network like you, teach me to build churches like you, teach me to do evangelism like you. If the greatest leader ever produced this in the ones who saw him the most, what am I producing? What are you producing? What are we producing? What's our litmus test for leadership? And I believe Jesus lived. Jesus taught us about accessing the throne room of God. He talked to us about persevering, not giving up when you hit a wall in prayer, when you don't see the immediate answer. What do you do when God isn't moving on your timetable? Jesus taught us about not giving up. And we need strength in this, and the Bible's filled with lessons and insight into how to persevere in prayer when you don't see the breakthrough. I call it learning how to access and walk through the open door and learning how to knock on closed doors till they get open. And I believe these are, this is what we talk about in this book, and this is, what, this is what I care deeply about giving to this generation. I want you to know something. You may have the gift of preaching, but if your prayer life is weak, that's a warning sign. You may be successful in business, but if you don't have a success in prayer, your business may depend on your prayer life. You meet, you, listen, I have met many successful people in so many different areas. And one of the questions I ask Mr. Corey privately, I always pull them aside and they always want to connect with me and talk. And, you know, when you do television, they, I don't know, it, it opens doors. That's all I know. But I don't get, you know, faced by, you know, fame or nothing. You know what I ask them, Mr. Corey, in private? I say, how's your prayer life? Because your prayer life will always depend on the success that you carry in public. I want to tell you something. Most of the time, people will tell you that their prayer life from 1 to 10, it's maybe a 2 or 3. It's the last thing in their mind. But I've also met people that have been successful in, 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 in their ministry, successful in their business, successful in their marriage. And I asked, what is the key? You know what their answer is? Prayer. How much prayer you spend in private? Because whatever you do in private 
will always develop in public. I want to challenge you right now to do a checklist in your life and say, how is my prayer life? If you wonder why you're having problems with your wife or with your husband, how often do you pray? I got got just a few more moments left, Mr. Corey. Can you just give us one more impartation of how important it is for us to have a prayer life that can be private and how does develops how does it develop publicly? I, I remember the old statement from Leonard Ravenhill, the great uh, revival preacher, wrote a book called Why Revival Tarries. And this is the phrase that got a hold of me in early days is no man is greater than his prayer life. You you may be gifted in preaching, you may be gifted in business, you may look great in a thousand areas, but at the end of the day, what what you are, what happens when you close your eyes and look at God and that history of connection and that history of intimacy and that history of life with God in the word and in prayer is this, the litmus test for who you really are. You know, we can do our stuff out there, but who you really are with God is the absolute definition of who you really are. And friend, I just want to say to you right now, take your Take all your gifts and cast them at the feet of Jesus. Take all of the things he's given you and give them to him because he will do more with your life and that you'll be able to steward the call of God, steward the gifts of God, steward the finances, steward the opportunities with wisdom and humility when you've based it in a life of prayer. Friend, I just want to call to you that you would live on your knees that you would live a life on your knees. You would live a life of dependence, of one eye on heaven and one eye on the earth, and that you would live in two places, and that you would never graduate from your knees. You would never graduate. Jesus, from his first message in the Sermon on the Mount, taught us about prayer. And to his last message in the Olivet Discourse, he taught us about prayer. Prayer was the bone. It was the marrow. It was the DNA of the life because there is no life outside of a life of prayer. And it's not about dry, religious talking to God. It's intimacy. It's fellowship. It's communion. And it's authority. When the words that have been born of heaven are released through your life, it creates and releases heavenly realities into the earth. I call you to it in this hour. Corey, I just got about 30 more seconds left. Can you pray as we leave and pray for that person watching right now? Yes, Lord, I bring up every person that's watching this, and I just lift them before the throne of God, and I just pray right now, heavens open over you, that you would see the face of your Father, you would hear the voice of your Father, and that all the power of shame and lies and accusation and torment would be broken off of your life. I pray that you would be caught up to meet the Lord. And Father, I pray for the divine and breaking of heaven. Addictions break. Deliverance comes. Salvation come and the kingdom of God break in upon you, your marriage, and your family and your life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank my special guest today, Corey Russell, the author of the brand new book, Teach Us to Pray, Prayer That Accesses Heaven and Changes Earth. Get the book today. Learn to pray. Get into that prayer mode. I leave you with this scripture right here. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I have to go, but I pray that God will give you a hunger for prayer. Keep the faith. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.